So, David. Oh, Michelle, you're starting today. How exciting. What? Why not? I think it's time we have to just change it up a little. Role reversal. And also, I know you're excited about the latest soap opera coming out of America. Oh, my God. It is something that I've been dying to watch. And we're kind of not all the way through it yet. No, 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 no. This is an ongoing thing. This is like the Game of Thrones of politics. Yes. Well, it's kind of like the uh, Ukraine-Russia war. Yeah. Just when you think it's over. Yeah. Not over. It, It is basically a rolling disaster rolling through the American political landscape. 100%. And of course, we're talking about the January 6th select committee. Oh my hearings. God, it is hilarious. There's highs, there's lows, there's drama, there's famous people. There's betrayal, <laughs> there's drunkenness, there's mad cocaine use. And that's just Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> yeah, that's just... <laughs> That's just the ushers in the place trying to keep themselves interested. This thing's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. There is so much to talk about that we're going to have to literally deep dive into this. Yes. Moment. So why don't we do it? Okay, I'm just going to put my speedos on. <laughs> it's, not, it's not something I want to see right now. No one does. You're listening to I Spy, the constitutional crisis of Australian intelligence. I'm storming the ASIO building. Mm, how about no? Would we get in trouble for it? I think we might. Oh, well, we, we have to probably. Okay, let's go for a coffee. Hello and welcome to I Spy. My name's Michelle Stevenson and today, well, I'm here with David Callan. Yeah, hi. (laughs) Don't forget I'm involved in this somehow. And today we're going to talk about the January 6th committee. Now, I think we'll break it into parts because it's kind of ongoing at the moment. The hearings are ongoing and there is... A lot that I think we could talk about. Mm-hmm. So we'll focus on the first, there's kind of day one and day two. Yeah. And we'll talk about that and what came out of that because there was a lot of vision and a lot discussed in terms of, you know, the storming of the Capitol. Yeah. And, and also, whether that was incited. I want to have a look at why they're doing it this way. Yeah, right. Okay. It's a really interesting, like a lot of people are screaming the fact that why hasn't Merrick Garland and the Department of Justice yes. done something already? There's a really good reason for that, and we can dig into that as well. Which is, I think, when I found that, I went, "Ooh, now I'm intrigued." Yes. Now, well, let's talk about how they started it. It was a pretty powerful beginning. There was a lot of kind of the testimony in the opening, but to me, what really got me was the video footage. Oh yeah. They did, I think it was like nine minutes. Yeah, and and a lot of it was from a documentary maker who was embedded with the Proud Boys or the Oath Keepers, one of those groups. Yeah, and what was incredible about it, because you've heard a lot of rhetoric, and they even played some of what Trump said, saying this was a peaceful protest, Mm -hmm. over the top of people just really screaming and yelling and hitting officers. and Because a lot of the rhetoric was, oh, the officers let people in. Yeah. Well, when you look at the vision, they didn't really have a choice, did no. they? No, 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 no. And, and look, the interesting thing about the way they did that, the way they mm. started it, Liz Cheney was brilliant in the way yes. she did it. And Liz Cheney, we should say, Republican. Republican. And Benny Thompson, who's the chair, is the Democrat. Yep. What was really interesting, and it's a lesson they learned from the Watergate hearings, right? Now, like, you know, put your bell bottoms on. We're going back to the 70s. Great. Woo. Can we smoke weed? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Man, that's what the only reason you go back to the 70s <laughs> yeah. is the bell bottoms of the word. Right. The whole thing with the Watergate hearings Mm. was they did a couple of things that was really interesting. One, they showed it on television, Mm. but they broke into the broadcast of Daily Soaps and things like that. Yeah, it was on prime time. Right, it was on prime time, Which and they did that again here. Now, the one thing they needed to do with the Watergate hearings is create a compelling narrative. Yeah. They had to have something that would really suck the population in, and they did that brilliantly with that nine-minute video package. Yeah, incredible. They, They immediately made everyone go, wait a second, this is a lot 
bigger than we realised. Right? And also, I, I think if people haven't seen it, we'll put it on our Twitter page at I Spied Podcast. Yes, definitely. Because it's something that I shared and I think it's definitely a must watch because what we're seeing is kind of, to me, in my mind, is the fall of democracy in some ways. Yeah. Or the attempted takedown of democracy. It was an attempted coup. There's a, there's really no other yep. way to look at it. And that like that goes to the charges they're going to lay. And one yes. of the most important charges they can lay at Trump's feet, there are others that they're going to try. One they can is the obstruction of official proceedings. Right. right. Because this is an official thing. The yes. January 6th counting or what is it, validation of the votes is an official proceeding. Yes. And they tried to obstruct it. Right. That's the one charge. Now, Trump's big claim to fame in this is or his excuse was, well, I believe I won the election. Right, and a lot of that a lot of that came from Rudy Giuliani, but he also had people around him who were saying, "No, you didn't." Well, Bill Barr, right? Yes. Uh, his yeah. Attorney General basically turned around and used the BS word. He called it bullshit. Yes, and rightly so. I mean, I still to this day, when Ivanka Trump appeared, going. Well, I thought that Bill was right and I thought that Daddy wasn't. It was just like, no, you didn't. wow, the no, you worm didn't. has turned. Yeah, and and we even heard that a lot of this stuff was rejected by Pence, his lawyers, the White House Counsel's mm-hmm. office. All of them universally told the former president that this entire scheme was unlawful. Yep. That moving forward to by his plans to reject that how he was elected was, basically he was saying it was unlawful, but he, they were saying this isn't true. Yep. Everything, voter everything, fraud, there was the no red voter mirage. Fraud. And, All that sort and of stuff. Even, I mean, sure, there's going to be voter fraud. There is. I mean, we we accept there's probably going to be a small, select, minute the amount. tiniest but amount. But nothing to, like, if you look at the popular vote. You'll never throw it. You'd never. Right. Now, the interesting thing about that, and it's one of the things that, uh, you know, every time he's turned around and said, you know, I believe that this happened. Mm. Well, unfortunately, ignorance is no defence at law. Right. This is the one thing he's got right. to keep in mind, right? Ignorance or your own belief is not a defence in a legal matter. And the great example of that was Oliver North. When yep. Oliver North was picked up for the Iran-Contra thing, he turned around and said, well, I don't care because I believe that the Constitution is wrong, to which the committee hearing it and also then the, the magistrate or the judge that heard it mm. turned around and went, that doesn't matter. It's the law, whether you believe it or not or believe in it or not does not excuse the fact that you broke the law. Yes, and even a federal judge called it a coup in search of a legal theory. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, right. So there's that. That's a big thing. Now, the other thing that came out of the Watergate hearings, and they're really pushing this one with 6 January, is the assigning of moral responsibility. (laughs) Now, this sounds a bit strange, but basically what they were doing was highlighting the moral wrongness, the un-Americanness of the act itself, right? Even if it isn't prosecutable. Yep. And there are certain things that they're not going to get Trump for. But essentially, the way they did that was stuff like Rudy Giuliani, the, the constant rehashing of the I fact know. that Rudy was drunk. And also, you've got to see this, and it's I've got it on Reddit, and I will, again, I will post it onto at I Spy Podcast. I love Twitter. that, that you have it on Reddit. Right, I've got it on Reddit, yes. Reddit, it's, it's like... 8chan for boomers. Anyway. (laughs) It is exactly 8chan for boomers. It basically is like the new version of Facebook. Yeah, yeah. It's it's Facebook. You get to chat with people. It's Facebook for people that are rebels um, in their blanket forts. (laughs) God, just get the porn off it. Um, Now, the thing is, here's the interesting thing about it. There's footage of Roger Stone. Now, for those of you who don't know who Roger Stone is, he's kind of like this Republican fix-it guy. He's a very dodgy character. He has a tattoo of Nixon's face on his back, right? 
Yeah. You just looked at me like to go, no, no one would do that. Yeah. That's how mad Roger Stone is. Yeah. Right. There's footage of one of his depositions. And honest to God, the reason the price of cocaine went up in America is because Roger Stone used all of it before that deposition. Right. He's got the full grinding teeth. Every second, he's just like clenching his jaw and sort of twitching strangely. Yep. They basically created these little monsters with Rudy Giuliani and Roger Stone and all of these guys. They're the little moral monsters that have even, you know, Trump can possibly say, well, I was led astray by them. But basically, let's be honest, the biggest monster of all was Trump himself. Yeah, 100%. And what the hearing was using is first-hand accounts from Trump's inner circle. Mm. So basically it's like rats off a ship. Oh, when Betsy DeVos went, well, I never believed he'd won the election either. It was yeah. like, shut up, Betsy, get back to your, get back in your box. And another thing that I found interesting was that the committee raised that Trump well, said that Trump had uh, went on to fundraise $250 million off his baseless claim. Yeah. So not only was he pushing this lie mm. and his agenda, but he was also earning money off it. Now, here's the great thing about that is if any charge is going to stick, it's the charge that is surrounding that. Yeah. The $250 million yeah. of donations to fight this terrible thing. But, but where did that money go? Oh, it went to certain companies and groups that all <laughs> seem to give that money back to Donald. Now, that <laughs> so means crazy. he's up for wire fraud. Right. Right. You know, so that's where the wire fraud comes the in. The wire fraud comes in there. He's used, you know, he's got people to donate money and they've donated it wirelessly you know, through the wire. Yeah. Right. Okay. So it's wire fraud. Okay. And I mean, when people go, but hang on, he tried to overthrow the government. Yes. And Al Capone ran a criminal empire. Yeah. And they got him on tax evasion. Yes. It's always the little things that you yeah, trip up on. Right. And the, the big thing is, they got him on tax evasion that kept him in prison for the rest of his life. Right. Wire fraud is a huge thing. And the fact that he got two hundred and fifty million dollars out of it is massive. Yeah, right. That is really the. If anything, if anything is going to stick, it's wire fraud. That's the one that's going to bring him down. And the whole thing with that wire. I mean, this is the interesting thing: is as much as Donald keeps going, oh, it's terrible, and it's a witch hunt, and yep. it's a political exercise. Well, yeah, the Democrats and people like Liz Cheney have gone, we have the chance to reset the Republican Party. 100%. And, and they I, need to. Yes, and I think um, it was especially what we saw with the first day of committee hearings, we heard from like at least 10 individuals <laughs> who were from his inner circle who were basically saying Trump knew the truth but ignored it. Yeah. And that he knew exactly what he was doing and he was trying to basically sell the lie. Mm, yep, selling the lie, that yep. comes down to another charge, conspiracy to defraud the United States. Okay. Right. So this one is essentially- <laughs> That's a big one. That's a pretty big <laughs> one. But there's a couple of things I need to prove in this. One, that his ignorance or his belief yep. uh, had been disproved, right? Now, it's pretty obvious when you've got the Attorney General, your own daughter- even Jared, who came out, went, Kushner. Ah, Jared Kushner. Yeah, I know. He was like, he basically was like, well, basically Rudy said this thing and he believed Rudy. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing that I find really interesting about that was one of the quotes he had in it was, you know, I, there were all these people whining about the Constitution and I was busy organizing pardons. I just wanted to focus on that. And the whole thing was like, wait a second. 
they were whining about the Constitution. They're basically saying, you can't do this, this is an illegal act. He regards that as whining, but also I was busy making sure yes. no one was going to I, go to prison. I know, <laughs> which also they, he was pardoning a lot of people who had helped the Trump administration exactly. and had been jailed. Exactly. So, well, Roger Stone's a great yeah, example. Exactly. Roger Stone was one of the first people he let out of, uh, they got out of prison. And now the funny thing about that is as well as one of the things that's come out of this was the fact that there were congressmen and senators that were contacting Jared going, can, can you get me a pardon too? Yeah. Before And it's all preempted. Now, going back to Watergate, those pardons are pretty important. Yes. Because with Watergate, yes. Which I don't understand. Like you shouldn't, an outgoing president should not be able to just like do these pardons willy-nilly. Yeah. Now, the thing was with Watergate, Nixon was impeached. But before mm-hmm. they could completely impeach him and kick him out of office, he resigned. But all of these, you know, the conspiracy charges still sat there yep. waiting for him. Gerald Ford took power and went, we can't in good conscience have a president charged, so I'm going to pardon him now. Yep. So he pardoned him and I think Nixon lived his life on a beach somewhere. Right. Well, who wouldn't? Uh, and that's it. Yep. He's all done. See you later. So the whole thing with Trump is it comes down to Merrick Garland now. Why hasn't the DOJ done anything about this? Right. Right. Now, it's an interesting point that someone made, and there's a great article in the New York Times. I'd I'd send it to you, but you can only read it once, and then it just goes into a firewall or a paywall. I actually pay for the New York Times. Oh, oh, you so- pay for paper. Ooh. <laughs> well, no, you pay for the Guardian. I pay for the New York Times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I pay for the New York Times as well now because I have to because I want to be able to read articles more than and twice. And also the New York Times actually pretty good. Also the Wall Street Journal. Oh, oh, oh. yeah. What's going on with your share share portfolio? (laughs) Uh, Crypto? (laughs) Yeah, that's the one. It's crashed. Right. So anyway, the interesting point that the New York Times article Mm. made about Merrick Garland, because there are a lot of people going, why hasn't something been done about this yet? And as the journalist who wrote it said, one of the things with the Merrick Garland thing is if Merrick Garland had been investigating anything, we'd know by now. Yeah. Because despite the fact that if you're subpoenaed to a grand jury- you can't talk about what you said, but you can say that you were subpoenaed to a grand jury. No one's done that, and somebody would have by now. Now, the interesting point is I think Merrick Garland is doing exactly the right thing because he knew that the committee was going to be formed. He knew that the-, the And it's an 11-month investigation. Like yeah. they're, going, they're going to dig deep. Congress were going to do this investigation yeah. simply because it was Congress that was attacked. Yes. Right? So they needed to do this investigation. And, and I do have to say, like I have a lot of people around me. I look, the big thing that I cannot stand when we talk about a lot of political things is whataboutism. Yeah. Because people are like, oh, January 6th, yes, but what about the Black Lives Matter protests and, you know, how violent they they were and how many businesses were destroyed. I'm like, this was not an. They were not an attack on democracy. No, there is something different between you know. Yes, yes, they were violent protests. Yep. Yes, I don't agree. They should have gone ahead. One hundred percent. But there's something different to that than people storming the Capitol saying they want to take back the results of an election. Exactly. Storming <laughs> the castle itself. Like I don't. It's weird to me that people don't understand the difference. Well, it also comes down to political bias. Right. right? And 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 I get that. Now, that's the really important thing again for Merrick Garland, because if he'd started an investigation straight away, if the DOJ had gotten onto this straight away, and by the way, the DOJ were still reeling from the fact that the FBI got the intelligence wrong. 
Yes. They expected it to be just another protest in the capital. Well, they didn't expect it to be a storming big. of the Yes, capital. but I, I do think there was um, a lot of missteps along the way as well. I think they were. it was brought to the attention of the president and his inner circle and they just ignored it. Well, it behoove them to do that. It yes, was exactly. in their interest to ignore any intelligence. Because at the end of the day, I mean, the FBI is still going to take their lead from the president or is that the CIA? Uh, no, 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 no. The FBI can act independently of the executive. But, yes, but, but would they or is that rare? Well, the whole thing is the FBI aren't actually meant to act. Yes. Right? And here we go. We can start talking about the intelligence side of this. Right. The FBI, very much like ASIO, right? Mm. And now the difference with ASIO and the FBI is the FBI have guns and can arrest you, yep. where ASIO don't. But ASIO's, one of ASIO's main jobs, and it's the same with the FBI, yep. is to advise on threats, right? So they do a threat assessment. They'll turn around and say, yeah, look, gee, there's a lot of guys in camo and yep. you know body vests walking around. Um, no one's got a gun, but. Right, but they're all seem to know what they're doing. They've got they can give those threat assessments. Now, the thing is, the threat assessment for the rally Mm. that was held at the ellipse, Trump's rally, that would have been look, they're going to be there. There's a very good chance they'll protest afterwards. They're probably going to march on the Capitol, but that's about it. Yep. And this is the way we see it. You're going to need X number of people around. Probably good to have a riot squad on hand just in case it gets a bit rowdy. X, Y, Z. Everyone got that tick. Right. Yes, but then but, they didn't have any of that. <laughs> well, no, they did. They didn't have a riot squad, though. They did, but they were out of place. They, there's a great footage. It's a footage mm. that, from the documentary maker where the Proud Boys are marching past these cops, putting riot gear on mm. right round the corner from the Capitol, and they're right. going, don't bother, mate, you're not going to need it. Right, so you know, the Proud Boys were saying that to the cops, right? So it was like, why weren't you at the Capitol? Yep. And I think the whole idea is, well, we can be in place so we can steam kettle them. We can kettle them up and make sure that nothing goes wrong. But it was already too late. Right. right. So the problem was they didn't react fast enough. There's a dispute over when the National Guard were called. The chief of the Capitol Police said, I called it this time. DOD, the Pentagon have said, no, you called it at this time. I mean, there's a lot of this to and froing, and that's basically what we like to call in the intelligence world ass covering. Yes, basically. But also what's interesting to me is a lot of these organisations that could have, you know, stepped in and helped and curtail like what went wrong, a lot of these organisations get their lead from... The president. The president. Well, <laughs> yes and no. Right. Yes and no. I mean, in a, in a dire emergency, the Pentagon can turn around and go, look, we need troops on the ground, get them out there now. Right. And we'll let the president deal with the fallout from this down the track. Yes, but the president basically sitting there going, you know, hang Mike Pence. Yeah, mm. I think they've got the right idea. This is not a good look. And no. the fact that it took – he had people in his inner circle going, you need to get on air now yep. and shut this down now. It looks really bad. And he lingered until he finally had that thing from the Rose Garden where he went, uh, everybody, it's been great. I understand. But you might want to go home now. It was just like, dude, they're tearing the Senate to pieces. Oh, no, my favourite is when, and you saw this on the video <laughs> towards the end where he's like, it was a peaceful protest. Yeah. There was a lot of love in the Love, <laughs> like, a lot of love. Now, a lot of stuff that came out of it for me too was, you know, the former Attorney General, General Bar- Bill Barr, which is what we spoke about, really kind of not holding back on what he thought. Ass covering, ass covering. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? <laughs> And you know when he was he was talking about when Trump was pushing this kind of conspiracy about the Dominion voting machines. Yes. Yeah. And Barr said he's become detached from reality if he really believes this stuff. There was never an indication in interest in what the actual facts were. Uh, no, well, obviously this is But we knew that about Trump. <laughs> 
I don't think he's detached from reality in so much as no. he invents his own reality. No. Right? I mean, it's the I think tip- he's fed a reality. Yeah, well, I think he's fed it, but it's also he's the typical narcissist that goes, well, my reality is reality. So yeah. whatever I say is reality. And, I mean, that is the big problem with someone like Trump is you've got to deal with the fact that you're not dealing with a rational actor. Right. So in terms of when we look at the security and the facts and what happened that day in in terms of people actually storming the Capitol, Mm -hmm. what changes are we going to see, do you think, from the committee regarding the security of the situation? Oh, look, I think you'll find that security has been boosted up the wazoo around the Capitol and it's not going to drop. But would there be changes in who gets to say what's going on and who gets heard? Because I think what fell down here was a lot of time Trump and his inner circle were dismissing the claims. Yeah, right. So I think there needs to be a conversation around who gets final say on a lot of that stuff. Who actually gets to? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Basically, what you're saying is who actually gets to call an emergency and let it uh, uh, and let the proper authorities and the proper vehicles go into train. Right. That's an interesting point because as soon as you do that, you start undermining the power of the executive. But it like it needs to work autonomously. Yeah, exactly. It needs to be autonomous. But the thing is, if you have something acting autonomously, that becomes something you can lose control of. Right. Right. So the whole thing is you've got to have your checks and balances. And I think the interesting thing about the Jan 6 hearings is they're really beginning to work towards that. Now, yeah. the thing you've got to understand about the Jan 6 thing is they can recommend whatever they want. Yeah. They can't prosecute anything. They can't lay charges. They can't do anything. And again, we go back to Merrick Garland. And the interesting thing about this is, you know, as we've talked about the fact that they've got this compelling narrative mm. that they're building, they were assigning the moral responsibility to this. And the other thing is they're making it very clear that this was a country versus party yeah. idea. That the, the Republican Party under Trump had literally basically gone, we are the country. What we want is what the country wants. So they'd lost that that definition of where you know where you work for your country as opposed to where you work for your party's interests. Well now, yeah. And Garland, then the committee had like kind of established team normal versus team Rudy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. The, the team normal versus team Rudy. Now the interesting thing about it is with that idea of country versus party, what they're doing, the whole thing with this triad of ideas, the, mm-hmm. the narrative, the moral responsibility and country versus party, is that they're acclimating the American public for charges to be laid. Right. If if the DOJ had just gone, let's start investigating Trump and lay charges, that would create a massive reaction, yeah. particularly from the, the Trump side of politics. There'd be a massive reaction of oh my God, they're trying to they're trying to imprison our guy. But what they're doing is they're basically getting the information out going, This is what happened. Right. Now, what we do next reflects on us as a nation. Mm. And basically when Merrick Garland goes after 11 months of examiner, of investigation and then the hearings, mm. when it literally it's Merrick Garland go, we have to investigate this further. We have to lay charges. We're terribly sorry. Because here's one thing. No one has ever laid charges at the feet of a former president. It's yeah. never happened. So Merrick Garland is the, the bunny in the trap who's got to work out a way of laying charges at a president Mm. without completely shattering the country itself. Because, I mean, Trump is still being touted as the 2024 candidate. Yeah, although the rhetoric around that seems to be dying down somewhat. Oh, God, thank God for that. Because it's (laughs) like, well, in another way, as people would say, yes, please, please run for president again and completely destroy the Republican Party. Yeah, I think the Republicans are now kind of seeing it for what it is. And, I mean, sure, there are the the right-wing, right-wing factions Mm. of the Republican Party – 
But I think there's some moderate parts of the Republican Party who have kind of seen it for what it is. And I, I can't imagine after the the committee hearings wrap up that that is something that they, that they would push for. Oh. Because at the end of the day, you're you're choosing a leader who's going to be unelectable. Exactly. Now, the other thing with that is you've got, I mean, Liz Cheney, man. And uh, she, she's been ostracised from her party for, for basically choosing mm. to take the side of truth. Well, there, yeah, exactly. Um, but she had that lovely thing where she turned around and said, you know, over time, Trump will finally be gone. Yeah. She was talking to the Republican Party, you know, Trump will be gone, but your dishonour will remain forever. Yeah. Right. Now, she's a born and bred Republican. God, her father was the vice president. She's a dyed-in-the-wool Republican, but God, there was no love lost between Dick Cheney and Trump. Cheney hated him. Yeah. Absolutely hated him. And, you know, he worked for what everyone thought was the worst president. <laughs> I mean, even George Bush is like going, phew, that makes me look good. <laughs> yeah. I know. Like Reagan, Bush, or even Clinton to a certain extent are like, God, Trump has it's really like, yeah. made us look good. <laughs> it's like you have basically made us all look like freaking heroes. Yeah. I mean, and there's the rhetoric coming out of Sleepy Joe and, you know, Joe Biden, he's an old man, doesn't do anything. Well, you know what? He inherited an absolute bin fire. Oh, Look, there is no doubt that Biden is too old for the job and there are times when he gets really confused about oh, yeah. what he's saying. Look, he's he's not he's not great, but also he's there's something lovable and nice because after all the years with Trump, people just want someone to just stand there and look pretty. Yeah. And also the other thing really important about Biden is Biden's got a team around him that are smart. They know what they're doing. He's yes. got skilled people in yes. the in his cabinet. Whereas Trump just kept firing those people well, and hiring nut bars. And <laughs> hiring people that would give him Adderall and Coke. Oh, 100%. Right. So there's that whole thing, you know, is he a great guy to party with? Great, get him in. It's like, well, that's no reason to make them. Like, what was the name of the guy? He was the neurosurgeon that also owned a pizza chain who ran for president and they made him the, what is it, the Secretary of Urban Development or Housing or something. God. He was terrible. He ran as a presidential candidate. Come on. Yeah, look it up. Look it up. Use your computer. Go, go, go. <laughs> ben Carson. Oh, yeah, Ben Carson. Ben Carson, right. Yep, ben yep, Carson. Yep, yep. Who was A an, retired neurosurgeon. Who, Mate, if he was a neurosurgeon, mate, you know, physician heal thyself unless you're Ben Carson because if he was treating himself, he did some serious damage because he was an absolute nutball. Right? Yeah, Betsy yeah. DeVos, a woman who had spent her entire life trying to bring charter schools in, which basically means we give all the money to private schools. Yep. Let's not talk about the Australian education system right now. Gave all of our money to private schools. <laughs> Please, let's not. Right. I'm, I'm really worried for my child. <laughs> I know, it's going to be hard. Don't worry, I've got an in with a really good school. I'll get you I in. I know you do. Right. So the whole thing is you had a woman who basically was antithetical to good education yeah. running the education department. Oh, yeah. It was like it's that classic conservative. It was an, abs- sort of- it was an absolute shit show. Look, I think it's hopefully it's going to get better. But, on you know, both sides of, po- of politics, Republicans and Democrats, they're not perfect. No. But what we've seen here is what can happen when it really, really goes wrong. When you get as far away from perfect <laughs> as possible and make that president, yes. that's what it looks like. So that's kind of like we've just kind of tapped in and scratched the surface of Whoa. the Gen 6 hearings. There's heaps more to come. Yep. So we'll see how we go. Might, might even make it a three-parter because I really want to dive deep because I think this is a great example of what can go wrong when you've got the crazy people running the asylum. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, there was one other, one other little charge that we hadn't hadn't brought up, which was seditious conspiracy. Oh, I love this one. It's such a good word, seditious seditious conspiracy. conspiracy. 
Okay, it's almost a grey zone. Seditious conspiracy. It's part two of the grey zone. Yeah, you need a little. You need a little bit of bass in a slap bass in there. Seditious conspiracy, baby. Right, so <laughs> that sounds like a porno. But anyway, go. <laughs> it is actually. Actually, if you go online, you'll probably find it on Reddit. Right, seditious conspiracy, the porno. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the whole thing with seditious conspiracy is they've used it to charge people like the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers. The DOJ have already gone ahead with seditious conspiracy. Yeah. Yep. And don't get me started on Antifa. Oh, yeah. not a thing. It's going to be really hard for them mm. to plug that into Donald Trump. Yep. Because of the conspiracy. Yes, he could have been seditious, but was he conspiring with any one person or any number of people? No, I think he was just throwing it out there. He was throwing it out there. And And seeing what would stick. uh, Yeah, he was a big mudflinger. So, look, the charges, and I'm pretty sure there's going to be more things that he can be charged with that are going to pop up over the next few days and weeks. But, yeah, bottom line, better than Game of Thrones. I know, it's so good. If there was a dragon in it, I'd be totally... I just can't wait for the Red Wedding app. (laughs) 